halfway there. You either got less hair or more coming out everywhere. Getting more deaf, worrying about death. All the tires you got are spare. Unexplained coffin while choosing your coffin. Getting some laughs in and choking on taffy. Squeaking more than a dolphin. Rolling at the kids, soiling undies with skids. Wondering if we fucked it up, can we still make the mic drop? Genexing, texting, vexing, exiting. But not yet, not yet. We're just halfway there. Halfway there. Hi, I'm Camilo Fantasia. Hi, I'm Jenny Tear. <laughs> Hi, I'm quite sure that I'm Kim Gaynor. And this is Halfway There a podcast about the new middle age. How are we doing, my middle-aged friends? Apparently, we're having an existential crisis over in Vermont. (laughs) Yeah, I can't. Am I Jenny Tear? Or am I Jenny Tear? Anyway, yeah, I'm fine. (laughs) December is upon us. It is. is. I I guess it was last week, too, but it really is now. Although um, temperatures coming going back into the seventies here in Kansas City, who the fuck knows what's going on? Fifty degrees here in Vermont, which is a crime. I thought a federal crime, but apparently nature's <laughs> determined to be arrested. Ha Sorry, that was a terrible, terrible. This is as good as me remembering my name. <laughs> is it warm you- in Barbados, Kim? It. Is always warm in Barbados, but it is cooling off. Well, I mean, and when I say cooling off, I mean by like a degree. That's how little or two degrees. That's how little really the temperature changes over oh, wow. the seasons. But it does rain a lot. It's raining a lot. And um, when it rains now, it feels kind of cool, mm. which is nice. Yeah. Is, very it, nice. is it does it get very decorated for Christmas? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, Christmas is a big thing here. This is a very, very Christian place. And yeah, um, people start for weeks clean, like deep cleaning. Like that is huge. I mean, I know that's kind of like, oh, that's a thing everybody does. But like, it's more of like, instead of spring cleaning, you do like holiday cleaning and it's intense like everything must go out but everything must be scrubbed underneath like it's it's a really big thing here like which is kind of interesting cleaning for Um, jesus cleaning for jesus that's right is there a gender divide in terms of who cleans oh i'm quite sure there is i mean i haven't really (laughs) i haven't really explored that deeply but i feel pretty confident to say (laughs) that there is a complete gender divide you don't go up to the, you do go up to the men and you're like excuse me are you helping your mother clean <laughs> it's it's no it's more like think about freaking thanksgiving while the football game is on yeah. that kind of vibe uh. yeah yeah a lot of countries are like that i read this yeah. um article about how italy that women are silently protesting basically mother co- like mama boy culture by not mm. having their own children and the un i guess issued some report and italy was among the worst places for women's treatment which i thought was fascinating because you think oh, wow yeah yeah actually i um that does not I, i'm not surprised at all i mean it, have I told you the story of when I went over to Italy with the high school trip? Mm-mm. No. I mean, at the time, Spain was, we're talking the 80s. Uh, Spain was not the most enlightened place, but it, it had kind of a modern vibe because there had been like the energy after Franco's, um, not rain, but. Um, regime. Regime. Thank you. That is exactly the word I needed. So. <laughs> After, you know, there was something called La Movida in Spain. It started in Madrid and it was just like a very liberal Almodovar came out of that. So there was like these progressive movies and things. So, but that didn't really happen in Italy. And so when we went over there for a high school trip, one night we went out clubbing, which is something you can do as a teen in Europe. No. Because there'd be these teen nightclubs. And uh, I remember those. Yeah. They have those in the States too. Yeah. And we went out with, you know, our schoolmates and the teen boys, all all of the Italians that were at the club were male. 
not a single Italian female teen was allowed to go out to those clubs. And they were all <laughs> wow. coming up to us and literally being like, hey, how much for this chick? Like, wow, how much? can I, how many lire? Oh, so they literally were trying to purchase our high school female mates. That's horrifying. And we're, like, and we're like, they're not for sale, not for the kind of money you have anyway as a teen, like pocket money. But um, yeah, and it, it does, even as a teen, I was like, wow, this country is fucking backward. fucked up like, um, know, what the but were hell? they pissing around i mean were they being no. serious when they were offering money no because this was a time when you would not let a teen girl go out after 9 p.m or whatever it was you just so if she was, was if not a woman was out acceptable. she's a woman right of ill repute correct and it's sadly i think what Italy has um, suffered from is having the Vatican like <laughs> drop down right in the middle of their country. And it exerts such a powerful domineering influence over the cultural um, oh, yeah. mm -hmm. life yeah. of, of, of the nation. In Spain, the Catholic Church had been, oh, wow, I just feel like I'm spewing a history lesson now. I'm so sorry, everybody. But No, I love it. I'm in, taking in, notes. In Spain, the Catholic Church had supported the, the dictatorship, so they'd taken a real hit. Like their popularity yeah. took a nosedive because of that. <laughs> Whereas in Italy, they were still, like, worshipped. Right. Literally. Yeah. So. Yeah. What about Mussolini? Was he not a Catholic? No, he hated the church. He considered oh. it a threat. Yeah, he was. Like, yeah, the fascists didn't like religion. That That is true. I mean, Franco aligned himself with the Catholic Church, though. That's the thing. Yeah. In Spain, the he fascists was a smart did one. align he, with the Catholic Church. But he was, but he was a fascist, too. Mm -hmm. He was. But he, different flavor. He was. Franco was just a different flavor. And that's why he never connected with fully with the Axis powers. Spain stayed out of the whole World War II thing. It's like a vacuum. So Miles. they'd had the Civil War and they were just... And Franco was like, I'm changing the train track size. Nobody can get in or out of here. Like, that's a thing. <laughs> they changed the width of the train tracks in Spain. It's kind so, of amazing. It's yeah, kind of it's like wild. Apple changing the, the fucking charger plug, yes. you know, from one year to the next. It's <laughs> like, God damn it. Like, that's so simple, but so brilliant. Yes. We all have to buy this, this new fucking shit. Still like to this day, day, still to this day, when you're entering France, there's these like complicated, like the trains are now their their wheels can expand or retract to the width of the appropriate tracks if they're going to travel throughout Europe from Spain wow. to somewhere else in Europe. Interesting. I wonder if um, because Franco aligned himself with the church so heavily, it makes you wonder if the other fascist in um, Europe had done the same, if they maybe if they would have had a longer run. Maybe not. That's a very dark thought. Well, the Catholic well, Church yeah. had a pretty long run, so I think you have maybe have a point there. I feel yeah. like the German church was complicit with with um, Hitler. The Protestant church. The they, I mean, church I'm, they had no Luther. problem with Jews being rounded up. Is my sense. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping it light, which we decided. <laughs> Hi, everybody. To do. Um, we're halfway to the history of the Holocaust. Thanks for joining us. Well, we're coming up on Christmas, so it's a good time to reflect. I think That's we're currently true. in Hanukkah. So happy Hanukkah. No, it's right. No, Hanukkah is way over. Is yeah. It over? Yeah. You know, he's, he's such a goy. Just kidding. That's a joke for everybody listening. My oh, speaking of speaking of the Jewish people, um, mm -hmm. have you been following the heated debate only in the intellectual film critique community about mm -hmm. the new West Side Story? Yeah. Yeah, somewhat. So there's some mild controversy out there whether Jewish men should be telling this story, both the old one and the new one, as talented as they are. But they've made like a huge effort to bring in Puerto Rican. OK, but the Jewish part is not so much relevant. It's the lack of Puerto Rican representation. That's the important part. Sounds like a slippery slope of, a, of, of, that I've heard before that goes right to Nazi town. But 
No, you're right. This is something I've just picked up from a couple of articles I've read. So what is what? So what do you think the alternative is? Just don't make the movie again. I mean, one of my things is like the movie will not have anywhere near the cultural relevancy that the. I don't think the movie should have been made again, especially. I mean, you know, I, I I but. But part of the reason, presumably, they made it was to right the wrongs of like that. They should have let particular Puerto right the wrongs. They should have but, let okay. somebody else take the take the lead. Like but it's this, always somebody else that's making a buck off of it. Okay, but you know? this summer a Puerto Rican did make a movie called In the Heights, and he got roundly criticized because people were also unhappy with the representation. You know, I mean, at some point, like you make you make a make movie, you're going to be criticized. Harry, be damned. People, people, lots of people. Yeah, love the, I don't know. Heights, you know, and lots of people didn't. And, and lots, lots of people, of people th- there was a ton of fears. I mean, there was a lot of fury about it. And the, consequently, the movie did not fear. Sorry. Consequently, the, consequently, let me okay. just say this. We decided the movie not to go to Nazi town. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to Nazi town. Sorry. Poor choice of words on my part. Uh, but the, consequently, the movie did very poorly. Well, it, it I mean, completely bombed at the box office. When, That's when democracy. You... Like, listen, um, you know, people voted with their dollars or lack I have thereof. a question for you. I was talking about this with my boyfriend um, and I was like, why isn't there ever like no one ever says we don't want rich people to play poor people. Like, I don't want trust fund actors to play working class characters. You know, it's interesting what we how we evaluate identity. I think I think in a certain way we do, like you pointed out, Camilo, that uh, Nicole Kidman, for example, does not play those working class roles. Well, she just played Lucille Ball. I don't know how much that counts um, or how bad that is. But I think we do um, in a way we put actors in a certain kind of box. A lot of them. I don't I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't think I don't we ever talk about like, what is their class identity? We don't talk about like, oh, this is a very wealthy trust fund kid who's playing like a hard scrabble working class person. But I'm saying that might not happen that often. It doesn't happen that often because there aren't that many working class actors. I mean, that's no. Well, what I'm saying is, does it happen that often that huge, like rich trust fund actors are playing working class people? Yes. I would, I would, yes. I would, I would argue it, hap- it, it probably happens. It happens a quite a lot. Yes, yeah, it happens. Um, of course, but it we happens, don't. It's but not, like- but it's not a critique you ever hear. You very rarely hear waged in in any of the same ways that we do other identities. It's just not. Americans just don't think that way. Yeah. Sure, you know, it's interesting. It's like identity it means many things. It, and that's it does, part of- but I I throw it out there. Maybe it's a weak argument, like you know, you might gain fame and wealth, but you're not going to certainly be, you're not going to become Puerto Rican one day. Like you can't, certain things are, certain identities are fluid and others are not. Others are absolutely unchanged and you are born and die with them no matter what. Can I, can I bring it back to like my original statement? Because I want to make it perfectly clear that I don't think that there's any issue with one particular ethnicity um, trying to tell a tale of another ethnicity if it's done in a responsible manner. To me, as as a creator, you know, it does give you pause because it, can we only can we only tell stories from our own point of view? Yeah, no, because then ultimately everything will be memoir. Women should only write for women. Men should only write for men. I mean, if those are the dictates you're going to place on art, you're going to get some really fucking boring art. And frankly, what it boils down to, too, in the end is execution and talent sometimes. this is a very you, this is an age-old discussion but i i go ahead jen no i think I'm there's just, a difference I think, I think that's a terrifying way of looking at art i really no. i really do no i i don't i don't think there are many people saying that only women can uh, uh write women or play or yeah well only write women we'll get to the playing women um I don't think that there are many people saying, uh, you know, only uh, only this ethnicity can write this ethnicity. But when you're talking about, first of all, like the cultural relevance of West Side Story is huge. And 
great piece of art, but they might have gotten some things wrong about Puerto Rican culture. So it's specific, like specifically the point is that if we want to get a version of things out there that is not through this lens of 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 its time which was really freaking racist you know great piece of art also maybe a little racist like those two things can exist at the same time although funnily enough probably at the time it was considered boundary breaking like i'm sure it was was considered like actually incredibly tolerant and i mean leonard bernstein and even sondheim those those people were avowed liberals who i think you know for their time were probably pretty radical things things evolve yeah they do i'll say this i'm contra remakes just in general like let 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 let's create new mythology let people create their own new stories and new voices come in you know like, I, I don't think that. we need to be remaking shit i saw i the, don't think it should remake uh-uh i there's there's better re- there's better ways to spend those resources and give them to new storytellers let's ha- let's all have a new story that that's ultimately kind of what i think i just i just wanted to like put a try to put a finer point like i definitely don't think that women must only write women and men must only write uh men and we can never write any other ethnicities but when you are writing a piece of work that has such specificity about a a culture and it's not your own that's very very like tread lightly you don't just go off and saying well this is you know like i meant well and this is what I think about it and I should be, I mean, sure do that. But, you know, if people boycott you and say this sucks, then, you know, you, you just got to take your knocks and go with it. Like I have a question a for difference. you guys. Okay. I have a question to that end, Kim. Do you yeah. think that just by virtue of that, however, the people should see the very thing that they're are, they are critiquing because there is a preponderance of, of fucking peanut gallery commentary and almost to like a, a, a terror, not terrifying, but disturbing degree. People don't fucking read. It see, depends on what the critique listen is. To depends what on what they, they, what they are fucking critiquing. The, the answer is it depends on what the critique is. I don't if know, critique, man. If the critique is, uh, this sucks. Um, I but I haven't seen, seen it. I just know it sucks. Let me finish, Jen. Okay. And then I think you should, I'm, I'm agreeing with you on this first point that if the critique is it sucks, you probably should have seen it before you make yeah. that determination. If the critique is that it is perpetuating a, a, a racist, a white supremacist view of society and and perpetuating this inequality in art. No, I don't need to see it to know that it's yet another fucking example of art made by white people about about people of color. No, in that in, in the case of that critique, no, I don't need to see it. Okay, I have another question. Should those actors who I'm sure for whom they're they're in a Spielberg movie, I mean, it's a huge career. I mean, this is many of their these people's breaks. Um, and I'm talking about the, I'm talking about the Latino, I'm not going to say that other word, uh, Latinx. Um, uh, I'm talking about Latino actors for whom this is a, there's, you know, men, I think of some of whom are Puerto Rican. This, this film is going to be an immense point of pride. I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody, uh, would, would knock any of these actors for taking this uh, break. It's a huge break, but like there's a larger discussion, uh, unfortunately, you know, and, and I, I, I wish and hope that they can have a moment that's successful and huge and like blockbuster and groundbreaking, not have to deal with this, this, discussion that's kind of taking away from their work because you know what the primary critique is from from latin american porters critics that refuse to see it which Which is is. which is sort of 
saying that the work in itself is reductive to the Puerto Rican experience. So the idea that you have a gang, look, they're, they're talking about the fact that Puerto Rican, the Puerto Rican experience was defined by West Side Story and no other cultural juggernaut has ever replaced that idea, which is that you are violent, you are streetwise, you are sexy, um, mm. and you are a great dancer. Uh, a dangerous, great dancer. And that that sort of that cultural construct has persisted since the 60s. And, mm-hmm. that, and that no matter how many Band-Aids you put on this new production, you're not altering that fundamental issue with it, which is the idea is that, oh, Puerto Ricans, they're just passionate and violent, you know, and they... Um, I think there's a way to do it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if that that's coming from Puerto Rican scholars, I, I don't. I'm sure they're not a monolith, and some would disagree that uh, I can fucking tell this story. Let me let me have a fucking chance at it. I think that I think what they're saying is this story is obsolete, and if you want to tell a Puerto Rican experience story, you need to start from scratch because that's not the Puerto Rican experience. Yeah, no, I understood what you were saying, yeah. but I wonder if there might be some Puerto Rican scholars who would happily take a stab at getting millions of dollars that are funded by, you know, major studio and ha- has a, you know, a nationwide worldwide release. I'm, yeah. I'm sure that there are some Puerto Rican scholars slash filmmakers who would take a stab at it. Yeah, I've seen a couple of critiques that have just said a Puerto Rican should have tackled this. Like not not the consultants you brought in. Yeah. um, Because it's problematic. Not because, yeah, not because a Puerto Rican has to depict every Puerto Rican experience in every story and every film, but just because this one's so problematic to start with. Uh, Yeah, I mean, what's interesting to me is who is the audience for this film? It's a, it seems to me it's a very it's a very niche, very small one. That's a really it's good a, point. Because... That in and of itself, it is a kind of museum piece. You know, it's like people attached to the legacy of musical theater, you know, uh, Sondheim and Leonard Bernstein and knowing kind of the the legacy of it, I think might go because it's interesting. I suppose some people will be interested because of Steven Spielberg. I think less people, unless they're like total theater heads, will be interested in the Tony Kushner kind of hand in it. Uh, I mean, these are great. These are two great artists. It's indisputable. These men have incredible incredible legacy they've done some probably two two of the biggest cultural touchstone like angels in america and jaws you know i mean there's definitely an enormous amount of talent oh my god add sharks to angels in america yeah it would would be wonderful incredible yeah the 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 sharks give you hates or something i don't know anyway (laughs) but um i but who is the audience for this movie Probably it, a it lot just, of the people. I, I, there's uh, there's an audience. Come on, Jen. Like, there's a big audience. There's no, I don't think I don't think that there's a there. big. I think okay, there old are, white people. Yes, old white people. That's the audience. Except they're scared uh, of Omicron, okay. so of they didn't go out. They didn't go so out because of Omicron. Like they're saying, like literally, old people are not going to the movies. They're scared of the the yeah. winter surge. That is yeah. the. Intend. I mean, I don't know what audience was intended, but that would be the audience. You in, think it's, in my it's, opinion, it's yes. nostalgia cinema, so they're going yes. to kind of like feel how they felt when they first saw it. And apparently, the concept of oh, a white woman hooks up with a minority, shocking, doesn't resonate at all with Gen Z and or even millennials and younger. Do you they're think like, it? Yawn. Do you think that's how is that shocking to baby boomers even? It was shot at the time. At the time. At the time. were racist as hell. At the time, it was groundbreaking. I'm I'm talking about today. I'm talking about in how how in any way would that be shocking no, no, no. to a modern Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I mean to a younger Probably audience to go see going, it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, you, you talked about the legacy baby boomers. Yeah, they have no problem with it now. And it's not shocking, but they have a nostalgia factor. But for younger people, it's like what to me... Full disclosure, I'm definitely going because I'm a sucker for the dancing and I have to see that dancing. Like, I'm so I'm excited to see. Is because the music apparently the same? The, yeah. With the a few changes, pretty much. I the love same. the music. The yeah. music beautiful. 
I'm curious if I can go to the $5 movie theater here and see it. I'd like to see what Steven Spielberg does with the camera. I, I mean, I'd like to see those dances reimagined. And I'm curious, like. Apparently it's just I'll stunningly, the choreography it. is stunningly filmed. And I'm I'm there for it. As, as much as, as problematic as it might be, I'm sorry. Um, can but, we can we mention, though, can we go back to, because it's really interesting, like, to me, to the in, in the Heights, did you guys see that? And what do you think the difference is between that discussion and this one? You know, what? I mean, I, I didn't know what see it. I, I didn't see it. Either. I never saw it on Broadway, I so I have here. no affiliation to it. And then yeah. I just didn't see it. I saw it on I, Broadway and I loved it. Okay. Full yeah. disclosure. Um, there, uh, oddly enough, like what uh, the major critique of it was that it was not an accurate I think depiction of that actual population of na- in that neighborhood. Yeah. Um, in that case, you know, Dominicans, racial- right? Dominicans was more. The- yes, Dominicans yeah. and some Puerto Ricans, but like, I think it's mostly Dominic Dominicans. But but yeah, I saw it on Broadway, and uh, there seemed to be a lot more diversity in the Broadway production that I saw than yeah. in the movie. So I, I don't I don't know. Um, but I, I mean, I, I thought it was it. magical on Broadway. I have to yeah. say, um, I wish I had seen it. Like I wish I'd seen it on Broadway and I'll, I'll watch the movie. Cause I feel like um, I probably should before I cause I know nothing about them. You know, I haven't seen the musical on Broadway and I haven't seen the movie. So I'm yeah. only coming at it from like, what is what the peanut gallery is saying, I guess, or, you know, the, some of the online critiques <laughs> of it. Because Kim, um, I know you're not a huge fan of Hamilton, so you like In the Heights better. Um, yeah, I really, I really, I, I, I haven't, <laughs> Jen, I haven't seen a Hamilton. <laughs> I've heard music. I've heard. I've, I've, I've seen lots of different snippets. I feel like all of those snippets together probably equal seeing the show, but maybe not. Um, but I, I liked. Yeah, I liked. Maybe just old-fashioned i like the the beauty of like taking this one neighborhood of people and um telling a story with music and dance and it was just really electric electric and fun and moving on broadway i don't know about the movie because i didn't Mm -hmm. see it yeah yeah i think um speaking of electric uh, we're going to move on to our segments Mm. And we're doing something, we're doing something groundbreaking here. I don't think it's ever been done in podcasts before, but we're altering our format, which is, oh. I mean, I know it's earth shattering. This, this may be really challenging <laughs> for our listeners. I don't know. We really hope you'll be able to adjust. This won't be too traumatic. We hope mm-hmm. you don't have to up your doses of whatever medication you're taking. Uh, to cope with this change, but we're going to play with having two segments a week. And that gives us a little more time to. So know. one of us can take a mental health break. Yes, and exactly. Me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it allows us to maybe spend a little more time talking about the very universal topic of Broadway musicals and. Uh, <laughs> very. <laughs> In theory, it will cut down our podcast from three hours running time to only two. But um, yeah, I'm really upset we didn't get to talk about who's more whorish, Madonna Mm -hmm. or uh, Nancy Reagan. Um, But um, but I think we'll leave that for next time because it's a topic worth discussing. We have to talk about Madonna and 50 Cent. Oh, yeah. This feud is heating up. So I mean, maybe, at least next, in. maybe next uh, episode <laughs> teaser. Okay. okay. When when this will be real stale news, but you know, worth discussing. Yeah. In thirty years, yeah. stuff will be different. Be different. How different? How different? We don't know. We don't know. But we'll speculate we'll for the show. show. Come along for the ride. All right. I'm here after twenty interruptions, which I've cut out. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's just no respect. I get no respect. As I bulge my eyes out, um, I'm here to talk about nanobots. So, what are nanobots? Well, they are bots, but they are nanos. So they're very small. Remember the uh, iPod Nano? 
So yes. mm-hmm. it's going to be like small like that, but like a, a lot smaller, like so small, you can't see it with your eyes, which would be really inconvenient for an iPod, but, but it's very convenient for a robot that's going to go into your body. So I sourced an article from discover magazine, which is the way that you still exist. Discover magazine. <laughs> and um, mm-hmm. I guess there's a bunch of like, uh, tech heads out there that like to read people like science people like science hard to believe they like science and like digestible kind of pop culture dumbed down packets can we say that yeah me too yeah I think you're I think you're absolutely right and when I was a kid I was remembering the equivalent magazine in Spain would issue like the oh you get a part of our space encyclopedia every time you buy the magazine and then eventually you had the entire space encyclopedia and then you could order the covers and then you had to like go somewhere to have it all like bound together that's that was nuts yeah so i had yeah, all of these like, wow i mean you know like Pluto did you grow up in dickensian time Ab- like Gutenberg press time? Yeah, like, seriously. Lisa, God. could you bind my book together? I've got all the all the pages about the asteroids and the comets. Ailey's comet. Like, yeah, wow. Could, That's could very you cool. Could my shoe? And, <laughs> yeah. And my and mother just... Candles. Wait, wait, wait. My mother just died of syphilis. This is <laughs> the only thing that brings me warmth. I think um, she got some bad rays from Pluto, the planet Pluto, which is just been discovered. Stop she lying. Got your, bad mother was, your mother Pluto was. Your mother was. Is going to be the most important. No, your mother was a prostitute. Your mother was a prostitute. We all know it. <laughs> That's how she got syphilis. Stop <laughs> lying. Go read your science in a corner. Okay, I want to hear more about the nanobots. The Back the to the nanobots. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear so, about the nanobots. Nanobots, please. Picture yeah. a planet, it's so big, okay. and then picture the opposite. It's so tiny, it's nano. All right, so okay, we're talking about robots that are like, oh, this is an article by Nathaniel Sharping, which is a fantastic name. Congratulations, Nathaniel. Name. Anybody, call, anybody call Nathaniel and it's like, I'm not going to go by Nate, Nathan. <laughs> I'm going by Nathaniel. Or uh, Nate, even. Nate, yeah. Yeah, Nate's or Nate. Name. Like, talk about Victorian times. I or mean, Nat. Nathaniel. Or Nat. Yeah. yeah. And then Sharping with a SCH. So good. Everything about this That's is great. So, congrats on your name. Um, but we're going to focus on the information you're providing here. So, he's talking about robots that would be less than a millimeter in size and pretty much smaller usually. So their orders, uh, there are creations on the order of billionths of a meter. So wrap your okay. wrap your normal size brains around. I don't know, they might be bigger than normal, but-, or but small. Um, so Can you give us an example, like in, in relation to like your pinky, how big is that? <laughs> so imagine your pinky- Weird. Yeah. And then and then imagine it was what's his name? <sighs> what's the actor who went into um, inner space? Oh, uh, Dennis okay. Quaid. So imagine your pinky and then imagine Dennis Quaid's pinky in inner space. That's how big your pinky would be. So but I uh, don't know how big his pinky was. Can you give me more information? Well, it this. fit in a spaceship and he could travel through the through inside the body in vain. Oh, OK. So, All right, 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 OK, right. so that's so that's a really small pinky. Uh it's the size of Donald Trump's pinky. So, so these okay. tiny robots, just micro or nanometers in length, could fit inside our body, uh, and they can perform medical tasks with precision. They can swim through blood vessels, just like in inner space, um, to clear like dangerous blockages or deliver anti-cancer drugs straight to tumors. So it's like the um, it's like the um, Uber Eats or the what's the other one. Grubhub. Oh, door, DoorDash. Bro. Yeah, yeah, it's the door. Thing. Yeah. It's the DoorDash. Is that it's the DoorDash of like medications. So instead of like having an operation, you might just get this, this a pill composed of nanobots that you swallow, and then they're just traveling to where they're supposed to go. But what's really interesting is how they're going to travel there. 
because apparently in the blood, you know, in the blood, you have blood currents and as depicted in the movie inner space and other similar movies, it's like, how do you, how do you navigate these, the blood flow and these other very fast moving um, processes in your body, the lymph nodic, the lymphatic, the lymphatic system. Right. I got it. I'm a, I'm a doctor. (laughs) So discover. So they might have like uh, designs based on bacterial flagella to move. So they might, they're sort of using nature as it exists as an inspiration as to how things actually move in your body. So they might have like little, little legs, like the flagella. Yeah. That's a paramecium that you're kind of describing now with legs all around kind of a body, but a flagellum is like a, a little thing with a little wagging tail. Yeah, so it could be either one, Kim, because I have no idea which one they're referring to here. So put a little tail on it, like, you know, like a sperm. Put a bunch of legs on it so they go, and they can turn themselves around. Yeah. There's a lot of physical action. that Or maybe like an amoeba. They're just kind of like blobs that sort of... Yeah, exactly. But this is what's insane to me. Like, others have co-opted biology entirely by simply integrating their machines integrating with living cells to create cyborg-like hybrids that move around inside the body. So you could have like these little robots that are being controlled by remote, you know, screens and you're moving them around like a video game, basically. And what is the point? Well, as I mentioned before, is that you can, they can go to target it because normally drugs right now are very, they don't really, they have a very, What's the word? I, I'm not a doctor. This is very difficult for me. But they, they sort of, they sort of treat an area in general. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you can target these specific areas with these nanobots, you can have a very, very focused, almost pinpoint accuracy as to what you're treating. So as wow. I mentioned before, like target those cancer cells only and exclusively, not the area in general as chemotherapy does now. Like chemotherapy targets kind of your whole body, and you're hoping right. that that um, it'll hit those cancerous areas. In this case, you would not do that. So you might, you just target the cancer itself, those cells. So you would reduce the effect on your entire body a lot, um, significantly. Are they not using them a lot. already? Not yeah, quite, that's yeah. what I was gonna ask. Are they Does using- this exist or no? They've been tested yeah. on mice with some success. So certain procedures, but most of it is still a couple decades away. But, it's, but you're saying it's nanobots currently exist. Experimentation with nanobots has been semi-successful with mice. So, wow. um, of course, this is, news, news, this is news coming out of China. So you have to take it with a grain of salt. The, mm-hmm. the particularly, particularly, I mean, the successful experiments. But it's probably being done on Uyghurs right now. Yes. Yeah. But there's no question. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Done it some wow. summer camps in, uh, you know, some nice camps that people go to in China when they happen to be Muslims, in air quotes. Okay. That's depressing. Um, it is. But you might, you might be right about that, yeah. And um, one interesting thing is that they're thinking about using, sort of adding metals to these nanobots so that you can use magnets to very carefully wow. navigate them through your system. So push, push, pull like this way, that way. So you can get these things to get to the right place with magnets. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, this, obviously we've seen a lot of conspiracy theory crap or heard or whatever. And that's one of the major ones that like COVID vaccine is full of nanobots that are controlling us for whatever reason. And I've seen some like Instagram posts on some of the nettier um, accounts of, you know, that that's also a thing. Oh, it's magnetized. Right. So there was actual footage of these magnetized nanobots being moved through somebody's body. The thing that gets me though, it's, always terrible terrible video we have the technology for crystal clear video why is it that your fucking conspiracy videos are always like looking like they were made in like soviet russia why like bigfoot nasty all of these videos also crypto bio cryptozoology also has the same issue 
I think it's because the tinfoil hat um, interrupts the <laughs> camera waves. <laughs> must be, must be. I've yet to see a clear um, video. Not yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. I think it's great that you're bringing us this optimistic, you know, future positive view. But now let's talk about what ultimately will happen when this shit, you know, hits the fan. What's the what's the effed up stuff that we could do with this nanotechnology? Um, spy on people's brains. I don't know. Yeah, what do you think it is. Yeah, you think that's that is. All of I, oh, I think it's one of them. Yeah, yeah. Spy and. Yeah, control people's brain, like mind control that is not obvious at all. That doesn't take, you know, brainwashing or camps or violence, you know, or just making people sick by fucking with their with their organism without them being aware. Because you, sure, if you shoot these things into their system, then you can wreak havoc. If if they're designed to wreak havoc, by technology. Did anybody see the latest Bond movie? No. There you go. This no. is this is utilized as a plot device. Oh, okay. I didn't even know that. So yeah, I mean, I don't want to spoil it for you because I know you're eager to, to see Bond. To watch oh, Bond yes. three hundred and get a nanobot. Whatever it was, mm-hmm. nano but, Bond. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Wow. You know, what's always amazing to me about these stories and just like technology and it's so weird how, and this feels especially true in the U S it's like in one part of the country, they're doing these, you know, groundbreaking, like you think it's a Philip K. Dick story, you know, technology is being developed. And then in other parts of the country, like there's still hookworm in the water, you know, it's just like, and it's almost seems pre-industrial. It's just kind of a wild country in that way. It's bizarre. Yeah. Just wanted to just wanted to put that out there. It's it's just not, it's not just the United States though. Yeah. Arguably that difference is even bigger in China. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. Although they Jen, just it, seem to experiment on all their people. It um, wouldn't be a halfway segment. Without Jen putting it into a socio-political context where the underprivileged don't have access to this kind it's of It's true. And it's fucking true. Love her for that. Yeah. Can it's can true. we can we make this? Can we officially be like anti-China podcasts and try and get it like secretly broadcast? And? Oh yeah. Yes. To, to Weibo. Yes. Yeah. We don't want to um, get anybody killed. You've over been Weiboed. I, that's their that's their like social media right there's a like whatsapp it's like weibo yeah am i um, too am i too like feminine of a man though to be broadcasting definitely China? you're 100 percent gonna yeah. be like i'm too much down. of a lady boy for like you're not China though you're yet. not feminine at all camilo you're you're oh, perfect true. you're wow yeah. whoa perfect yeah, in every uh, way, except your video game player. Perfect for their cut, nefarious purposes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Meaning you're not, you know. I'm perfect for China's, like I'm acceptable for China's exactly. censorship standards. Other than exactly. everything that comes out of my mouth, you mean in appearance and voice. Yeah. Yes, but other than, but the content, not. Yeah, like, I feel like, I like the content with like tanks, like three tanks would roll over me based on the content that's coming out of my mouth. Yeah. Tiananmen, yes, and you should feel good about that. Tiananmen yeah. too. Um, I definitely feel like we straddle also a tech lash, but I, I'm definitely in the tech lash, uh, I guess, phase of my life. Whereas Camila seems to wholeheartedly embrace it. I love your and, tech lash. They really, your eyes look great. I think I, I think I anchor the two of you because I think, I think I swivel, I swivel between, you know, the both of you, because sometimes I'm like, that sounds really good, Camilo. And sometimes I'm like, oh, hell no, that it's the beginning of the end. No, it's very good. It's very good that you're like, you're a variable opinion. It brings spice and variety. Yeah. 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 No, it's good. You you have you de- you definitely listen to all 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 comers. Um whereas I definitely have a certain hatred for like Silicon Valley, I'll admit. I just don't think I don't know. I have real questions about whether it makes life better. It makes people happier, I guess. 
I got to say, when I, social when, media. when I read you take a pill with nanobots, I was like, yes, no injection. Yeah. Like I was like, oh. as long as it doesn't involve an injection, I'm thrilled. Bring it <laughs> I on. Mean, I feel like they're going to have to do so me. much testing, so much testing. Don't you think before this ever reaches like a consumer? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're not, we're not within 10 years of it, but who knows? We'll be dead. You think maybe well, not? You think, you think this is you think maybe our, not yet? Fully in our lifetimes. Uh, it's it's moving very quickly. Okay, I love it when Jen is feeling optimistic. Yeah. That makes me feel optimistic. Yeah, you're like, oh my god, I'm the happiest person on earth. <laughs> um, I wonder about you know one thing I do wonder about in terms of in our lifetime. I wonder if there'll ever be a cure to like Alzheimer's and dementia. Yeah, Those are brutal diseases. I that that's one I'd really like to see. I think they're getting close to understanding. Me too. I think they're close to understanding <sighs> what. Painful. Again, regeneration of it, it's very exciting. I love all this stuff. It's great. This is the stuff yeah. There's a lot of research about like plaque on the brain. That's one of the notice one of the causes of dementia and maybe Alzheimer's in particular. Yeah. And ways to reduce that or to prevent it from happening. I think that's, yeah, I think it is, it's coming along. I think we'll get there. We'll get there in our life. I I really hope so. I want to give some, if if you want to do this topic or I can hold it till my next future, but I was like laterally reading about us studying organisms that like live forever because they self perpetuate. And that's really fascinating to me. And they're they're slowly extracting information as to how that's happening. And they're going to apply it to us. And even animals people. that don't live, you know, maybe not forever, but live a long time, like tortoises. Mm-hmm. We have the yeah. um, tortoises and sea turtles here. And they live, they start off really tiny and they live like 150 years. It's incredible. Or more. Isn't there some or bottle that, yeah. They live hundreds of years. There's like- yeah. Some of them predate oh, the Victorian era, like the Aldaman. That's wild. I think, oh, the Andaman. Are you talking about tortoises? Yeah, I think the Andaman tortoises. I have to go. Maybe there are certain, yeah. But yeah, Jen, there's sharks that have been around since the 17th century that they it's that are living wild. right now. Yeah, incredible. Isn't that incredible? It really is, yeah. It really Sorry, is. I completely butchered the name. It's the Aldabra giant tortoise. So they live over 200 years as well. So they're like those sharks. Yeah. There's probably a horror film to be made out of this about like a um, really slow tortoise star. coming toward you. <laughs> no, like somebody yeah. being like, I need to find that tortoise. I'm going to live forever. You know, like. Oh, but did you guys, I never told you. Okay, quick detour but it is tortoise related but it's about like i i i'm i'm fascinated with animals and animal intelligence and why we make the distinctions we do as to like our superiority and our right to eat them and our right to own them etc etc so i was at the wildlife preserve here and it's just kind of a weird place because they just throw all these animals in one place, not like throw them like haphazard, like, you know, trash. But you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. peacocks and there's tortoises and there's chickens. And they're like, what's the theme here? Like these are not this is not the natural habitat for all of these animals to be together. But I mean, it's cool. You're walking through. Mm-hmm. So I'm walking through and I Great. see this guy squatted down and I'm like, what's going on you know he looks like he's upset and he's like oh this tortoise and i look and this tortoise it's about it's not one of those 150 year old ones it's like this like a you know 75 percent of a football size but it has kind of like managed to catch its foot between the edge of the walkway and a stump of a tree and oh, it's no. trying to get it and, it and it's you know it's and its leg looks twisted like you know almost completely 100 or 80 degrees right like um and what was crazy and it's really trying to to get out up but what was crazy is the way the other tortoises were reacting so so tortoises were coming up and like like 
first of all, almost like rubbing it with its foot. Like that was crazy. And there were other tortoises that were trying to lift it up. They were, they were either, it was almost like they were um, trying to relieve the pressure on the leg or trying to get the turtle free. And it is, and if you would, and it was hurting probably the, the tortoise, like it was obvious that, that these tortoises were trying to help. Yeah. So he was like, can you help me? And I'm like, Oh God, this is, I don't know what to do. Like, um, but the other tortoises, I kept pulling it away. Like the other ones that were trying to help and they just kept going right in there and they would like lot lodge their body underneath this tortoise and lift it up. Oh and they were God. clearly trying to help. We finally got the tortoise free. Uh, it leg, like, um, yeah, its it... leg was broken because as soon as we got it free, it yeah. darted off. They can be really fast when they want to be, but that one leg was just dragging. It was broken. Oh, no. So we, um, no, but we got the, the, one of the staff members who honestly it took a lot to get their attention and like, get them to treat this as urgent yeah. but he said that 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 it would be put away in isolation and that it would be seen by a vet he promised it, us that it would be taken care of and so yeah anyway i'm glad it has a happy ending i absolutely yeah. hate animals in pain or it's me too horrible. it was it was heartbreaking especially but it was beautiful the way the other tortoises were it seemed like trying to comfort and trying to help. And apparently they're very, very, um, communal intelligent. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Um, well, I'm glad that a Christmas miracle occurred. We need, we need like a clean transition between our segments. So I'm officially ending mine now. I just want to be pretty. Give me your potions, give me your serums, give me your unwinds. But that must work out, baby. Oh, no, I can't. I just want to be pretty. It's great. Well, I've barely done my homework. So um, I came up with this about, okay, well, I'm doing health and beauty. And I I, mean, I think I'm kind of obsessed with like skin, with like my face, like skin. <laughs> face you mean skin. you mean like the serial skin the face. serial killer who like made pillows and uh, yeah, I'm Buffalo other- Bill. I'm basically Silence of the Lambs. Thanks, Camilo. Um, no, over the pandemic, I've definitely gone through like skincare rabbit holes. You know, like I follow some more like skincare influencers, and like, I always took care of my skin, but I not like. No, not obsessively. I'll put it that way. I think I've gotten a little bit more obsessive, although I definitely noticed that like the breaking the skin, like if you use too many products, you actually end up really fucking your skin up. The acid barrier. You told us about that. Yeah. Yes. So I was on Instagram and as you do, and I noticed... (laughs) <laughs> one of the targeted ads was for <laughs> a um it looks like a razor i i put it in the chat box last week I, it's a red like led light oh yeah yeah um because i've noticed those devices i've never used one i've never been to an esthetician that's used one but this one skin influencer, Charlotte Parlor, I'd love to get her on this pod. She's kind of big, though. Not that we're not big, but you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and I noticed she uses this device. It's like new, it's called. Um, and it's like an LED, you know, It's, but it's like $400. It's pretty expensive. And this one was $149. <laughs> Um, the one that was specifically advertising to me on Instagram. So you bought it for for the, I haven't I mean, for the pod, it. right? I, I mean, I'm going to buy it for the pod, but I was use like, our Patreon oh, money. That would be amazing. This is important. Tina, Tina, thank you for the fifteen dollars. <laughs> it's going to go far. <laughs> um, so this is an article about uh, in the failing New York Times, an old favorite, and it's titled, Can, the, can One LED Light Give You Perfect Skin? 
Um, so no. a little primer. It's a very short article. It's a two letter article. No, it is a long article. Oh. Um, it says LED therapy is not the same as laser treatment, which creates controlled damage to the skin to promote healing, which, huh, I didn't know that. Interesting. The easiest way to understand the light as skincare concept is to think of a skin friendly, visible light as ultraviolet light's benevolent counterpart. Did you get that, kids? Because I'm not sure I did. Um, in a process called photobiomodulation, light alters biological material. For example, UV rays from the sun change our skin in ways that can catalyze cancer and aging. But some wavelengths of visible light alter our skin for the better, and light-emitting diodes, LED, are a source that delivers the energy. But the article goes on to say that basically a lot of the products now that are out there haven't really been tested and that if you do buy one of these devices, you it should be FDA approved. Um, now, here's the catch. Anything that seems to be FDA approved is like at minimum $400. Ooh. It's these. It's it's very expensive. Um, they're definitely they, they, this technology has not trickled down. Can I also yet. say that FDA approved means not that it's going to do what it says it's going to do, just that it won't kill you, right? Because yeah. a lot of vitamins are not proven to do what they say they do, especially like multis. Yeah. From all legitimate scientific literature about multis are that it does they don't do anything. Well, that's so funny because but, here is a paragraph that says exactly that. The title is, how do I know if my LED light is working? This is where things get more complicated. Even though LED devices are everywhere, the science to establish standards for at-home use is nascent. Buy only devices cleared by the FDA, but think of that clearance as a testament to their safety, not their efficacy. So basically, it won't burn your face off. Nailed it. You did. You did. <laughs> that your subscription to Discover Magazine is really paying off. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, the other so any anything that's like got the FDA approval seems to be very very expensive, like four hundred and thirty-five. You know, upwards of four hundred plus. Um, and I need to figure out if that little wand I got advertised. Uh, to from whatever it's it was like one hundred and forty nine dollars. If that is an FDA approval or if it's going to burn my face off. But my question to you guys is: Do any of you have these devices? Well, you, I, I, I definitely, you. I, I've definitely gone to the. Uh, I have gotten facials with light therapy, red and blue light, and they're like, "This does this. This does." I don't know. I just sit there and like the lights come on. And then they slather a bunch of stuff on your face. And it is all supposed to be like scientifically backed. Um, yeah. This is the place that I've gone to. Um, and I was going to ask because I, you're saying, you're saying um, the red light there, it's not, it, it's not infrared, right? Like I no. have red infrared devices but this is led devices which i think is like a different wavelength um and so i have a red just like infrared light which is supposed to increase collagen and like increase skin stuff uh uh turnover and i have like a um it's kind of like a heating lamp it's like a it's kind of like a like a heat lamp that you would use in the winter, but it uses red infrared light. Um, so do, do any not, promote vitamin D production? Yeah, yeah, that's part of the thing. Like, um, I'd have to look them up because honestly, I left all of my contraptions in New York, <laughs> but uh, one of them is just literally just a light bulb infrared light bulb and the other one is a german like device um you plug it in it's got a screen and it's all red and you just sit in front of it it feels really really good it feels just like you're like out in the sun that's what it feels like um and 
I think that it promotes uh-huh. vitamin D, uh, but it's supposed to have like ancillary kind of like cosmetic benefits. But other than that, it's it doesn't scream at you. You'll need more vitamin V. You'll need to sit in front of this lamp for one hour it's, a day. It's it's a big old Russian lady that's like <laughs> slapping you with like oak leaves um, <laughs> at, at the Russian bath. So basically. I have a question. Yeah. Kim, do you think that this is worth getting? Like, do you feel like your skin, do you feel like it improves your skin? It's like whoever knows, like you, like you said, you've been obsessed with your skin and you've done all the things you've done with your skin. Like, I don't know. My skin is what it is. Maybe it would be, maybe be worse if I hadn't done these things. I, I, I don't know. Um, but like, if I read about something that has some scientific backing and both of these things, I, I, I read about like extensively before I bought them and I, and I've seen other much much more expensive devices that i was like nah i'm not doing that like um yeah 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 like i do think that they have benefits people sort of um, always want some quick fix do they stop the aging process i'm gonna i'm gonna guess no but um (laughs) i do think what yeah what that was not the answer i was looking for i'm so Um, sorry okay that's okay well dear listeners uh stay tuned (laughs) look part of it's psychosomatic isn't it it's just like maybe even if it doesn't work it's just like oh i think it's working and that's fine i'll take that it's been a long year we need to like start endorsing these products on our on our podcast and then (laughs) get, get like you know, get those kickback. advertiser, yeah, advertiser dollars, and be like, listen, any look at my skin. Oil. I'll like Photoshop into oblivion, like, and show your, you know, no pores, no wrinkles, no bags under your eyes. I'll do the okay. editing and video, and then we can pedal these, you know, quack devices. I love it. No, not quack devices. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Highly uh, effective. Highly effective. Yes. Sponsored yeah. by us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, stay tuned, dear listeners, because I might just buy that wand. And I'm talking about this wand. Uh, for, for science. For I, science. For science. Yeah. And for podcasting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't wait until we have nano face, like <laughs> nano robots that go in your face and they punch your, your wrinkles from like the other side. <laughs> Oh, I wish that. I could show you the nanobots in this article, like the, the image. They're so cute and they like have blood platelets and they look like kind of um, like Cheerios. They're so adorable. It's like they're flying around holding red oh. Cheerios. I kind of imagine oh. them as like little tiny Bob the Builders everywhere. Like, mm-hmm. doesn't that sound yeah. cute? And they just get in there and they're like, super cute. You guys, the future is so cute. <laughs> it's so cute that's that's what i think when i think about the future it's so cute it's you know what else you know what else the future is having no water is so cute yes. the future is also uh, perky yeah yeah that's because right de- because nothing's more perky than dehydr- a dehydrated body because there's no fat to sag that's true so um yeah mm-hmm. one way of looking at it yeah the future is cute and skinny because uh, we won't have any food because uh, everything is going to be a degree hotter. Anyway, on that note, keep it perky. Keep it perky. Even uh, if you're feeling desiccated and dehydrated. <laughs> You'll and have displaced. No- yes. <laughs> Just keep a smile on your face. Yeah. That's all it requires. Just do a little West Side Story dance. Have that positive, sexy Puerto Rican attitude. I want to live in America. Everything free in America. America. God. Okay. Now, but for everyone in America. Okay. Oh boy. Um, Follow us on all the things. I guess we have to do Um, housekeeping, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, Follow us on the things at halfway there Mm -hmm. in the podcast on the socials. Not all of them, but you'll figure it out. Just. Google that. and uh, We're on the Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are mm-hmm. on the Facebook. On the Facebook. We are not on the Twitter yet, but um, who knows? Yeah, we, yes. We're, we're on the Patreon. We're on the Patreon. 
for extras? We have an email address. Ooh, what's that for, Kim? Uh, that's just for writing us and yelling at us about what we did wrong or said wrong or yes. how we pissed you off about whatever opinion we had. Please. My, an- my anti-Semitism. To- what else? Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, our, our trip halfway to Nazi town. Um, mm-hmm. uh, listen, uh, no, we're obviously not being controversial enough for anybody because it's crickets up in that email. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Um, you can write us if you didn't have or you lost our um, address. I'll give it to you again. That's probably what happened. You probably just lost it. Um, it's halfway there, the podcast at gmail.com. Write us. We're waiting. Mm-hmm. We love you. And we want you to keep it perky. Keep it perky. Tell us what devices you're using. Keep it perky. This has been halfway there, but it's also the end. The end of this episode of Halfway There. You get it.